This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We've been in a series called Eternal Security, and I hope some of you are feeling secure and all warm and fuzzy with the Lord. Never mind. Okay. <clears throat> Our theme verse for this has been 1 John 5, 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. It says, may guess that you have eternal life. May hope that you have eternal life. What's it say? Don't tell me no. Oh, y'all are saying K-N-O-W. Okay. Know that you have eternal life. He wants you to know it, just like you want your kids to know that you love them, that you're there for them, and no matter what they've done, they can come to you. You want them to come to you, right? It's the same with Father, and he wants us to be secure in our relationship with him, and it's, it's all about relationship. I had someone telling me they thought maybe they had blown their relationship with him because of something they had done. And they had committed the unpartable sin. Well, I told them you wouldn't feel so bad if you'd done that. <laughs> but the thing is, the unpartable sin is rejection of Jesus Christ. So have you rejected him? No. Did you blow it? Yes. Well, just get before him and repent. And let him cleanse you from that unrighteousness. He will do it. He's a good father. And, and so many times we don't have understanding in this and anything can knock us out that's, you know, we mess up. I know when I would mess up and blow it after getting saved, I thought I needed to get saved again. So I would. And I got saved about every Sunday. So I blew it about every Monday. And it took me a whole week to get back where I could talk to God. And what I was talking to him about is, I need to get saved. Until people finally, you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I got where the Lord said, read Romans 10, 9, and 10. Have you done this? Uh, yes, I've done this. Many times, multiple times. So all you have to do is once. You have a relationship with me. I didn't expect you to walk perfectly. That's the reason there's blood. That's the reason there's provision for when you mess up. But it's all about having that relationship with him and walking with him. If, you don't, if you're not secure in your relationship with him, you're going to have a sense of shame and guilt. You're always going to be trying to achieve more. You're always going to be trying to achieve to keep your uh, righteousness and... No one's perfect, and the enemy will always say, you should do more. Has anybody ever heard that, you should do more from the enemy? Well, I just prayed for two hours. The devil was, you should have done three. It's never enough. Well, I, I gave an offering. Well, you should have gave more. It, it just... There's no end to it, but be secure in your relationship with him, 
and let him minister and flow through you. He will do it. And you can relax. You know, faith is supposed to be a place of rest. Now you have to labor to get into that rest. But get to some rest, people. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we need the rest in the Lord. Well, that means I'm just going to be a full-time rester. I'm not going to do anything. That's not what I'm talking about. You can rest in the Lord and be serving God. Be doing, uh, taking action, but you're rest. Why are you at rest? Because inside, you're at peace. Inside, it might be raining out there, but inside, the birds are singing. Because you belong to him, and you're a child of God. In 1 John 4, 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That used to bother me. I'm not like you in this world. Something's wrong. And then you find out about the teaching we've been doing, spirit, soul, and body. You find out I am like him in my spirit. My spirit's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. So that means... That's the place that we're alike. Well, that clears up a whole lot of issues right there. When I stand before him, I can have boldness because I know the reason I'm before him. It's the righteousness of God. It's Jesus Christ, his blood, his price that was paid for me. And I look like Christ in my spirit. So I'm, I'm bold. I'm bold because of the blood. I'm bold because of what he did, not because of what I did. did. So I have boldness because I believe in the finished work of the cross. It paid the price in full. So I'm complete. I may not look complete, but inside I'm complete. Inside I've got it together in my spirit. So God sees us in Christ. And we talked about positional truth. And if you miss any of this series, just go back and listen. But positional truth, talking about a relationship with Christ or those in Christ realities, that's where the um, in Christ I've been sanctified, I've been justified, I've been redeemed, I have the mind of Christ, uh, I have uh, the wisdom of God, I'm healed. Uh, everything that I could ever need is in my spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's there. So, see, when I'm looking for, believing for healing, I don't have to look very far. It's in my spirit. It's in my spirit. I just have to draw it out of my spirit. It's called faith, bringing it out of the spirit into my body, into my mind. That's called faith. Well, Pastor, I, I, I just know that I don't feel good. I understand that. But he said, you're healed. Pastor, you don't understand. I don't feel good. I know that. But he said, you're healed. You don't understand. I was throwing up, Pastor. I understand. But inside you is healing. So what am I? Am I healed or not? I am the healed trying to resist this attack against my body, trying to steal who I am. I am the healed. What? Well, 
faith. In my spirit, I'm holy, I'm perfected, I'm pure. That's the, that's the truth of who you are. That's who Christ is in you, or you in Christ. So you stand before the Lord, you can have boldness. We talked about temple truth, and that's our walk with God, our fellowship. Temple truth, you don't have to look very long. You say, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm not condemning myself when I mess up. I'm getting before the Lord and getting with him and getting some blood applied to my mind and my soul, my will, my emotions. I need the blood applied to my personality at times. See, my temporal truth may look like I, I don't have the mind of Christ because the mind of Bob gets in the way at times. But the reality is, I have the mind of Christ. Where is it? It's in your spirit. By faith, you pull it out. You mean, I have to do something? Yes, I have to labor to get beyond. You know, one of the definitions of being carnal, we talked about you can be a spiritual babe or carnal. Carnal is dominated by the five physical senses. By what you see, hear, smell, taste, feel, you're dominated by that. Faith overrides that when it's in opposition to the Word of God, and I believe in what I don't feel. That's called faith. Everybody say faith. Well, the Bible says it's impossible to please Him without faith. Do you want to please the Lord? He is pleased with you in your spirit, but he's not always pleased with your behavior. I am pleased with my children, relationship, and the Thomas name, but I'm not always pleased with behavior, right? Isn't that the way it is with your kids? <clears throat> but see, we can tap into the mind of Christ. It's always available, but we tap into it. It's inside of you. The Spirit. Well, I don't need anyone to pray for me then. No, they can have the presence of God come from the outside. You can have it from the inside and both connect and you can get something a little quicker. Temporal truth is I missed the mark, but I'm in training. I'm training my physical mind to come in agreement with my spiritual mind. The Christian life is this, renewing my mind to what happened in my spirit, renewing my mind to who I am in Christ, what the Word says about me, overriding and dominating my, what my five physical senses are saying. And that means that you have to stay consistent in the Word. You have to stay in fellowship with God. When I remove myself from fellowship, I'm just walking, doing my own thing, the things of this world become the thing that... I conform to. But it says, be transformed, not conform. You need to be a transformer. You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you're not going to have a transformation until you renew your mind. You mean, Pastor, I have to spend some time with God? You mean I have to get in the scriptures? Yes. Yes. So if I was the devil, what would I try and do? I would try and keep you out of the Word. I would try and get you so busy 
with life that you have no time to be with him. If I was Paul Harvey, I would say it in a different way. Anybody ever heard the... But it's the truth. These guys running to and fro, we're so busy, we can't get quiet and have some time with him. But that's where your strength is. That's where transformation is. So I talked about we all have sin in our life. And now I got a few faces then when I said that I was a habitual sinner. I said I had, I'm not a sinner. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can't even say it. But I do have sin because the Bible says if it's not a faith, it is sin. So let me ask you, if you'll raise your hand and say every area of your life, you're in faith, you're believing God, trusting God beyond the physical senses, you're dominated in that area, every area of your life by the word of God and what God says, it's final authority. I want you to lift up your hand. Don't lift your hand. Let me give you, don't lift your hand. Because no one is in faith in every single area of their life. Because if you are, you have reached. But the truth is, we're all on a journey. Hopefully you've left, but no one's arrived. We all arrive when we see him face to face. And then he's going to renew your mind. He's going to take care of the rest. Then you're going to get this body that's glorified. Mm. Let me get back to this. So, our part is to grow, be secure in a relationship, but then you go beyond that. I can remember a couple, <clears throat> I was ministering along these lines, been a few years back, but I, I talked about the grace of God that you can get, I believe you can get saved. And you can become so carnal, so messed up in your thinking that you, you know, if I let my relationship or fellowship with God go, that th the whole thing could go south very quick because of the demands and dictates of this world. I mean, not him with me, me with him. And I could start getting dominated by the things around me. It could, I mean, it could happen quick. So I made a statement to say, is suicide the unpardonable sin? And nobody said anything. So, well, let me help you. Is it possible for a Christian to commit suicide? I was always taught, impossible. It's an unpardonable sin. It's not scripture. It doesn't say it in the word. I believe that a Christian gets so messed up, so totally goofed up, messed up, that they commit suicide and they stand before the Lord immediately. Because it's not based on your actions. It's based on what Jesus did at the cross. I can't mess my way out of it because there was no action that got me into it. So there's no action that can get me out of it. It's grace. Pastor, I have trouble with this. I know it's 
grace. It's a gift. Anyway, I ministered that, and there was a couple met with me afterward, and they're just crying and said, our son committed suicide. We know he was a believer, but he, he got away from walking with the Lord, got with the wrong crowd, and wound up taking his life. Went to a party and took a hit of something. I don't know, it's drugs and drugs. And took his life. Did he go to heaven or not? See, that, that changes everything when you know the grace of God. That God's bigger than your actions from a messed up soul and heart. God's bigger than it. Now, I don't recommend doing that. You cut yourself off from all the awards, <laughs> rewards. What you do is the effect that you have on other people and your families. It's horrible. But it brought peace to them. So I'm telling you that the grace of God is bigger than we know. So anytime I, I minister grace or along these lines, the next question is, well, this is great. I can go sin and do anything I want to do. Hot dog. I've been looking for this gospel. But if you are here last week, I told you some of the things that happen can be devastating. Sin is devastating in your life because death is the wages of it. And the enemy comes in. But I wanted to read you uh, James 1.19. It says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word of God, the word God has planted in your hearts, so, for it has the power to save your souls. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions is still in process of being saved. And that's our job. God will not renew your mind for you. You have to. And I'm so glad he said this because we probably just go off and do our own thing. But this means you can keep relationship with, with him. But notice here, I wanted to bring this out because he said, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. He's talking to believers. How do I know this? He said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. He's talking to believers to get rid of the filth and evil. Is it possible to be a believer and have filth and evil in your life? Somebody say yes. We don't like it. This isn't an option though. He said, get rid of it. And you have to have the Spirit of God to help you get rid of it. And you're walking with Him. And if you love God, if you have no desire to get rid of that in your life, you probably need to get saved. Because there should be something in you that wants to walk with Him. And to please Him in this earth wall, this earth life. He said, humbly submit yourself. Why do I say humbly because 
humbly accept the Word of God as the final authority in your life. And you, you have to make a decision that you're going to hear what he says. And the, the Bible, when you understand the Bible is seed form, it, you receive it into your heart. And you keep it there and it comes out as a harvest to the very thing that was, that, what that seed is. So that means you have to be patient and humbly submit to God and submit to his word. This in your notes. Grace to obey the word of God comes after you've set your will, made the decision to obey the Lord. See, I have to set my will to hear and obey what he says. When I do that, grace comes to see that thing fulfilled. See, I don't have the strength to obey him in myself, but his grace. He's just looking for me to be willing. If I'm willing to, he gives me the grace or empowerment to obey him. Why do I want to obey him? One thing, he, it's a command to obey him. Other thing is, I want to let my light shine. Do you know your light doesn't shine very brightly if you're walking around with filth and evil in your life? Do you know when I got saved, I told everyone at work, I couldn't, I was just a loose cannon. Told everyone. I'm in love with Jesus, and I'm just going all over the place. And, and what amazed me, I was perplexed by, that people came to me afterwards. And I'm talking everywhere about the Lord, and, and these people, people I went up on break with every day. It was six or seven of those guys that we'd meet and go on break with twice a day, in the morning and afternoon. And I'm telling them about Jesus. And they start saying, well, I'm a believer. I've been going to church for... And me, not realizing I was not the nicest in this, I go, well, I never would have thought that. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> Before I could even think, you know. And there's going. I didn't know it. Well, their light wasn't shining. And I know the stuff that was in them because a lot of it just wasn't good. <laughs> so if you want to be a witness, if you want to touch lives for Christ, you need to let some light shine. Grace to obey. In verse 22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, the word of God, that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. See, can you imagine you're getting ready in the morning, getting ready for work, you're in front of the mirror, you're coming, brushing your hair or whatever you do, or ladies, you're putting on makeup or whatever you do and getting ready to go to work and you, you go to work, here comes your friend up to you, 
Say, hey, how's it going? And he has a picture. And then this picture is a picture of him and another person. And you, he hands you the picture and, and say, I thought you might enjoy this. Say, great. And you look at it and say, well, I see you here. Who's this other guy? And the guy looks at you kind of weird and says, that's you. That's me. Are you sure? I don't think so. I forgot what I look like. I forgot who I am. When do you get it into your heart is when it just comes out naturally. You're not forgetting who you are. You're producing the fruit of righteousness. Do you know no tree is out there just grunting and straining, trying to produce fruit? Come on out, fruit. No, it's connected to the source of life of that tree. And it just comes out naturally. The more I walk with Jesus, the more I get the word in, into my heart. The more I fall in love with him, fruit just starts coming out. Fruit. I'm not struggling. It just comes out automatically. And the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And God wants us to bear fruit. He didn't want us to forget who we are. See, your friend would say, something's wrong with you. We need to take you to a doctor immediately. You don't know who you look like. You don't know who you are. But we do that in the spirit. And as long as you're conforming to what you're, is around you, you're forgetting who you are in him, who you are in the Lord. So we have to set our minds and we have to set our heart to obey it. The word says it, I'm going to obey it. I'm willing to obey it. Lord, help me obey it. Give me the strength to obey it. The Bible's a supernatural book. It's the power to set me free to live like what it says about me in Christ or in my spirit. It's a supernatural book. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Jesus' picture pops up. And there you are to the side of it. His picture. He's made you righteous. He's made you welcome into the family of God. Wow. I'm a joint heir with him. He has an inheritance I'm a joint heir with him. I have an inheritance. My inheritance is eternal life. My inheritance, God thought so much of the inheritance, he gave me the Holy Spirit as the earnest money of my inheritance. Do you not think you have some kind of awesome inheritance before you for all eternity that God gave the third person of the Trinity as the earnest or the down payment on your inheritance? Because why? You're getting the inheritance that Christ got. Sinless, spotless, lamb of God, undefeatable, conqueror, conquered death, hell, and the grave, and gave us the victory. So therefore, we're more than conquerors through him. It's his victory that I get to partake in. So I have an inheritance, and my inheritance will last for all eternity and never run out. You ought to see my house there. It's paid for. 
My house is paid for and my driveway is paved in gold. There's a basketball goal out there and I don't ever miss it. I'm Steph Curry. I can shoot from anywhere. Over my head, whatever, it's going in. My furniture is exactly, I sit down in it, and I don't have to move again. Comfort overtakes me. The food is marvelous. That's part of my inheritance. Oh, Pastor, I just think we're going to be bored in heaven. No, you're bored here. That's the problem. You need to get connected with God. He's not boring. Now, this in your notes, continually looking, receiving, and accepting my positional truth in Christ affects and changes my temporal truth. Boy, that's a statement right there. If I can get my eyes and my focus on accepting and receiving my positional truth while I have in Christ, it will change my temporal truth, and I'll walk in the Spirit. Have you ever seen people that they say they love God, but they, they believe stuff that's contrary to the Word of God? There's many Christians that believe, i got friends that believe in abortion, but the Bible's clearly against it. How can they love God and be against what God's, you know, I just don't understand it. But here's the truth. He said, abide in me and let my words abide in you. Did you ask what you will? There's people that love God but don't love his word. There's people that haven't accepted and received the word of God, but they love God. You need both of them. You won't make a difference. 1 Corinthians 3.11 For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So this is in your notes. At the judgment seat, and that's what this is talking about, judgment seat of Christ, my works are judged, but not me. Now that should be shouting ground there. You're not judged. Your works are judged. Your actions, what you did on this earth, your works, your deeds, your actions are judged, but you're not judged. Why? You've already been judged. You were judged at the cross when you received the gift of salvation. I've been crucified with him. I was buried with him. I was raised from the dead with him. I've been placed in Christ. So I'm not judged for something I've already been judged for and put to death over. And raised up to new life. But your works are judged. So let's talk about rewards. You know we have this picture. Uh, rewards that when God rewards us. It's going to be a big movie screen. Everybody's going to be there. And see all your mistakes. All your. Where you messed up. Goofed up. 
All this is going to be on the big movie screen for us all to see. Aren't you looking forward to that? It would be embarrassing. It would be awful. But see, this is a rewards banquet. Do I believe there will be some... It says that you can suffer great loss. There's going to be regret and that type thing. But I believe in my heart it's not going to be broadcast all over heaven. It's just going to be, you're going to have some time with the Lord. And there's going to be, there'll be regrets. Do I think there will be one person without regret? No. I think every single one of us will have regret. But like I've said before, when my works are piled up, I don't want to have the largest bonfire in heaven. Boy, there's a... Wow. Where'd that one come from? I want some rewards. Now, I'm glad it's burned up. But I want some rewards. I know you do too. I want to do some things for the Lord. In John 5, verse 24, Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears my word believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. The believer is born again. He was born again by incorruptible seed of the word of God, and you'll not be judged. You will not be judged because you pass from death unto life, and you're in Christ. You will not be judged, but your works will be. Now, there is a great white throne of judgment for unbelievers. They will be judged for rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rejecting the blood and the sacrifice and the cross, rejecting it. And then they will be punished for their sins. Because they rejected the gift of Jesus Christ. And that punishment will last for all eternity. Can you imagine imagine trampling underfoot the blood of Jesus? Mm. So what I want you to see this in your notes, my actions or works have eternal ramifications and, and consequences. It is these rewards are eternal. And it affects other people. Romans 14, verse 10 through 12. But why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. You're going to stand before the Lord and give an account. Your works. God's a good accountant. Everything that you've done, good and bad, is written down. Now, when you you go before the Lord, you repent, I believe there's things taken out. You have a book in heaven. I've told you the dream where I, I saw my book in heaven. And there was things that were whited out where I'd missed it and blown it and repented. But there was the hand of God wrote in a new plan. Wrote in a new thing to get me back on course to what he created me to do. Hallelujah. You have a book up there. Let's fill our book with 
good works. Things that glorify God and are pleasing to Him. Because this, this life is, is short, but eternity, wow. And I'm just going to read you some scriptures in, in closing here, but in 2 Corinthians 5.10 it says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive, each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly body. Matthew 6, Jesus talked about giving and praying and fasting. He says, the Father will reward you for these. Matthew 10, 42, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of the disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. He, he sees everything that you do. Hebrews eleven six. without faith it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those that earnestly seek him. Earnestly seek him. He rewards you. Hebrews eleven twenty six. So I'm at Moses. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his great reward. We got to be looking ahead. 1 Peter 1, 17. Remember that your heavenly Father, to whom you pray, has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. 2 Timothy 4, 8. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not only to me, but also to those who love his appearing. James 1.12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. I'm telling you, this is going to be an uh, awesome time for the body of Christ. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brethren, beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. I'm, God will honor what you do in his name, what you do in love. And the love of God, your, your motive. He honors sacrifice and faithfulness to his cause. And he will reward you for it. He is not going to forget even those things that no one else saw. You remember the love of God, it says, does not draw attention to itself. It's not self-seeking. It's promoting God. It's promoting him. Everything that you do, every sacrifice, every commitment that you make, he sees it. And he's going to reward you for it. Now, he's not going to pass out rewards. It's not going to be like here on earth where everything's graded on the curve. You're going to earn the reward that you get. Not everyone's going to get rewards. Some will suffer great loss. they have no rewards. They didn't do anything for God, and they will suffer great loss. We will all suffer some loss, some great loss, because we're going to regret what could have done, what should have done. When I think of all that he's done and what stands before us, eternity. And see, when the enemy says, don't make that phone call or 
don't make that commitment to be there or whatever it is to help someone. God sees and God honors and he will reward you. So what I want to see is, as a church family, I want to see us, all of us, at that rewards banquet, I want to see you getting up there and getting your rewards and getting your crowns. Amen? Do you know you make a choice to be one of those that are rewarded? I choose to do the Word of God. I choose to obey Him. I choose to lay down my life and surrender to Him. It's a choice. And you have to be intentional about it. Rewards. Can you imagine a basketball banquet? They're giving down awards. Say, first, we're going to show every ugly thing that this person did in their life first, and then the reward. No. You see that fire over there? That's Bob's fire. Let's give him a hand. It's all burned it up. Here's, some, here's a reward. But it says some will slip through as through the flames. <laughs> they didn't do anything for the Lord. There's some that have just said a prayer just to get some people off their back and they think they're going and then they're not even going. So they never have a relationship with him. Never knew you. How many want rewards? How many want to leave a legacy? And that's what it's about. But here's, here's the conclusion of this. In Revelations 4.10, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you're worthy of Lord, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Ultimately, it's in your notes in closing. Ultimately, all rewards are to bring glory to God. All rewards, all our crowns are to bring honor to Jesus and what he did for us. And for all eternity, we'll be worshiping the mighty glorious name of Jesus Christ who gave us all for us rewards God sees and he knows let's bow our heads to be able to get rewards and God uses this as a motivation had somebody tell me one time I don't want any rewards I don't care if I give and receive back. Well, God put these in play, their principles, to motivate us and inspire us. The serving. Should be some love, love for God. But you know what? He loves it when you go after rewards. Just like your children. Don't you congratulate and you're happy and you're joyful when they accomplish something? You don't see them 
graduate and walk, walk across. Well, I know the only reason you did that was to get that diploma. Only reason you did that because you want to go get a good job. You want to go to college and be a success. That's your only reason. You're going, yeah. God put that in you. Every head bowed and every eye shut. If today you want to make the greatest decision of your life is receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'll give you an opportunity. The Bible says if you'll confess Him as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. It means that you're surrendering to Him and following Him. Maybe you prayed this before, but you realize today you're out of fellowship with Him. You need to get back. You're not right with Him. You need to get right. And some of you know today that you've been just thinking about yourself and you need to think about others. You need to go after some rewards. If today you want to receive Jesus as Lord of your life, just lift your hand, we'll pray together. Or maybe you want to come back home to Him today. Just lift your hand. Yes, see that hand. Anybody else need Jesus today? Let's all pray this together. Say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to rescue me and to save me. I surrender my life. I believe, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. He took my sins, but he was raised from the dead where I could have new life. And I receive new life right now. I belong to you, Jesus. I'm a believer. I'm saved. Empower me to live for you. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.